very fucking unprofessional. Oh, man. Twenty twenty four, what up? I know, I know, I know. Very fucking Don't shot me to some wealth. Hope be your hood like fuck y'all. They see my little nigga ducked off, fork in the coke pot, trying to make a billion. Throw homie in the cot, man. Got it on. Fork in the coke pot, trying to make a billion. Uh, Lil' G on the spaz Ready to lift a nigga off his feet for a pad He need that dub, nigga, he doing bad So I bet he do you bad I creep through heaps in the dash I keep two stash Fuck the police too, I will speed through the ad Take him on a high speed chase I'ma breeze through and laugh Cause the bigs hit a tree when they crash Whoa, whoa. I'm recruiting sad the Just catch a body, then they reuse the mag Rap niggas hate me, R&B niggas mad uh, I'm in that 50 cent G unit bag Goons put the work in free if I ask Make a G call, had three niggas stabbed Treat your body yeah, I can't even do all the music like I like to I'll talk about it This is without a shadow of a doubt The talking to town, what your channel's talking about It's up professional as fuck with your host Ruck Episode 224 I hope y'all know Ruck. I hope y'all get the Easter egg, man. Understand what this shit means, man. <laughs> I hope y'all truly understand, man. I'm powered up, man. That's it, that's it, that's it. So, so uh, first and foremost, man, thank y'all for tapping in and tuning in as always. Now, let's get straight to the shit. Before I go any further, I want to talk to y'all about this uh, music playing scenario or situation that I'm in currently. Let y'all just check the vibes and understand why things going forward might be slightly different than what you're used to. Uh, you know, I've been threatened by... by uh, by the hosts of this podcast and I you know you know I'm the host but what I'm saying is the host uh application so in the past it was anchor which was always I guess a, a company that's associated with Spotify but when Spotify decided it was going to throw even more money into the podcast basket it decided to rebrand and go as Spotify for podcasters right and um even more so to me, why I would feel like that would play into the hand of, you know, allowing music to be played for the sole purpose of at least, you know what I mean? People are going to be at the, at the very least drawn to go play the music. If they go play the music, you know, 75% of people, I guess, who, who use DSPs or maybe slightly less than that. But the majority of people use Spotify as a DSP. There are the Apple Music listeners, and then there's the few and far between, you know, like me who fuck with Tidal. There's some Amazon Music listeners. There's those who solely go off of YouTube music. I, I know a wide variety and, and, a, and a large range of people use different type of things to do what they do, but I was in the past, you know, giving warnings. A, uh, you know, are you able to use this? If not, pull down or take down on your own. In the past, I mean, this was for like shows one through 20. Something along that range, I'm going to easily just remove that from DSPs and let it rock, right? There's not too many people who go that deep back in the archives. So to me, it was like, okay, no brainer. 
Now, unbeknownst to me, you know what I mean, maybe I didn't check the email as often as it should have been, but, you know, Universal Music Group sent out another one. It's the DMCA. So y'all can go ahead and do the research on what that there means. But basically, just to break it down in layman's terms, it means that's their shit and I'm using a duplicate and they're not with it. Now, I, I spent many hours doing research of my own, going through YouTube. There's a YouTube lawyer on uh, on YouTube. If, you, if any of y'all are podcasters, if any of y'all host or have aspirations to host a show of your own in the future, I will drop in the um, in the in the description the YouTube page for a specific podcast YouTube lawyer. He's a dope individual. Don't get me wrong, man. I, I listen to a lot of content to get a whole lot of uh, caveats of knowledge in. He went through it, you know, top to bottom, come through it like a fine comb, talked about the different stages you might have to go through to get a on, you know, per basis licensing agreement from certain places. If those of y'all who are familiar with music and the real way the music runs, there's only about two, three, four at the very most different entities as far as catalogs are concerned. They own control or, you know, um, well, what would be another word for that? Own control and, and basically monitor the use of music. So I know that we've spoke about in the past, you know, this person sold their catalog. This person's in the in the midst of selling their catalog and, and yelled out a bunch of different price points and what people were spending or selling theirs for, right? Now, when it gets down to nitty gritty, I looked at this guy's content. He broke it down in, in layman's terms as best as anybody could have, whether you did the information or search yourself. Let people know that there's a lot of different routes you have to go. Now, is it ASCAP? Is it BMI? Is it Universal? Is it Warner? Uh, all these different avenues that you would have to go through, right? And I know this is nerd shit, so I'm going to just cut it. I'm going to make it as short as possible. His final synopsis was like, bro, if you could do a show without music, do a show without music. What, what, what the crazy? Nah, man, that's not really the way I like to rock, right? So for me, I was like, man, it's so uh, discouraging to hear shit like that. But like I said, I got a, I got a notice from Spotify. They actually removed one of the shows on their own, right? So this was somewhere that wasn't a, a situation or an instance where I was able to be like, oh, yeah, you know what I mean? Episode 19, episode 14, fucking take it off. This is one of the more recent shows that if you go through, and I'm sure some of y'all are going to go do the uh, the math on and skim through it, you'll see that one of them is, is missing now. And I'm not going to put a title on it because I'm not really trying to, you know, raise any more red flags. All I'm going to say is one was removed without my consent. And and I kind of felt the way they did, right? Like, hey, man, that's my shit. Why are you, why are you fucking with it? So I try to go through the proper channels the proper routes and avenues to do what I had to do to get myself a blanket licensing agreement from one of the more prominent uh, music groups. I'll leave it at that. Still waiting to hear contact back. You know what I mean? I, I don't know if everybody's price is going to be the same across the board, if it would be, you know, more depending on your reach and, and, and what kind of numbers your pot is doing. However, I'm in the midst of hearing it, man. I'm in the midst of waiting to find out what's going on. Until then, might have to dial back some of the music because I'm not trying to get my shit removed. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's fucked up. And anybody I talk to is all in agreement. Like, why would they do that? If anything, you're advertising their music even more so, right? But it's the business, and that's just how that shit goes. So 
We'll leave it at that. But now we're here, man, 2024 and episode 224. So let's, let's get into it, man. There's a whole lot of shit that happened recently. And uh, let's go no further other than, you know, Cat motherfucking Williams, man. Be a thousand percent honest with you. I watched this shit before this shit was supposed to go viral. For one, I'm a fan of, of Shannon Sharp, at least, you know, off the field and what he's doing in the sports and in the media and in the broadcast world. Uh, never really was too much of a fan of FS1 and Undisputed, I'll be honest with you. But I always knew what he brought to the table. Those of y'all who were first take fans from the past, y'all know he used to be a prominent figure back then, even with Skip and Stephen A. when they were both on ESPN and doing the show. Moved over to FS1. That didn't really work very well. You know, uh, Skip wants to play Big Bang Tank, Little Bang. Now look at him. He's over there struggling, and Shannon has had a year of all years. I want to get straight into, before we go any further, I want to just kind of document what Shannon Sharp has been able to do. I know I said this shit somewhere. Bear with me, y'all. Y'all know I'm Super Mario Brother up right now. Uh, let me see. So it says since Shannon Sharp has left FS1, the numbers have have spiked over that ESPN first take. Not only that, he's uh, also you know ran the show for many of the days where Stephen A. Smith was not on on broadcast. On top of that, named the number one sports uh, media personality by Complex Music. On top of that, this recent interview that he's had with with Cat Williams. On Club Shay Shay is one of the most viewed viral interviews in I don't know how long. Let's just go down the list. Cat Williams and uh, Club Shay Shay episode did 23 million views. To put that in perspective, let's talk about the Breakfast Club, who owns three of the other uh, top, what, six, seven. Breakfast Club and Birdman uh, interview did 22 million. Six, nine, and the Breakfast Club did 20 million views. Soldier Boy, you know, the famous Drake. That shit did 20 million views. Speaking of Drake, Drake and Rap Radar did 18 million views. Let's go back further. Charlie Sheen and the Tiger Blood interview. That shit did 17 million views. And then another 6ix9ine at Breakfast Club. This is uh, titled Part 2. Did 17 million views. Now, uh, I'm going to clap it up for Shay. I'm going to clap it up for Cat. But before we go any further, and this is a per Cherry Seinfeld, right? Carl, at Carl Cherry on um, on Instagram or, or or Twitter, wherever he's doing this at. Um, these were the list of, of you know the most prominent viral interviews in some time. He shared this as of one six twenty four. Uh, I want to go down this list one more time because I just want to point this out before we go further, and I, and I don't want to take shots at Cat. I'm not taking shots at, at Club Shay Shay or Shannon Sharp. I strictly want to point this out because this is more to hold ourselves accountable, right? Cat Williams and Club Shay Shay, Birdman and Breakfast Club, 6ix9ine and Breakfast Club, Soldier Boy and Breakfast Club, uh, Charlie Sheen, Tiger Blood, 6ix9ine, Breakfast Club. All those things have in common is, you know, rooted in negativity. And I'm not trying to throw Cat in that, in that same hat, pun intended, but you got to look at it, right? Like, what was the main driving force behind these interviews? It wasn't really the best of... Um, of energy for for the outside world, right? It was a lot of salacious shit. It was a lot of things that are, you know, 
going to turn heads in a negative way. It's like Yelp reviews, right? How often do people really give great ones? They're quicker to go to, you know, to the app or to the review board and, and type in the frenzy if it's something negative, right? And in turn, I guess that plays into hand of, of what people do when it comes time to view content as well. The only one in there, and, and let me say it, man, is the Drake and Rap Radar, even if he threw shots or subtle shots or had something to say in there, that was the only one that you could look at from these from these names and say, you know, it wasn't completely rooted in salacious or 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 some of that type shit, right? Something to keep in mind. Now, going further, I just want to go through some of the backlash from this episode and uh and kind of get everybody's feelings on, on where they're at with it, right? I'm gonna be honest with you, this hit the internet, fuck, I don't know when. I can't even put a, a date on on exactly when it happened, but I just want to <laughs> I want to go through some of the sound bites because I really feel like it's important for y'all to get some of this Cat Williams interview. By now, twenty three fucking million people viewed it. Y'all know what we're talking about, but let's just go down the list. Told you when you asked him, did you steal Cat Williams' joke? Yeah. He said it don't line up. How it don't line Speaking up? Speaking on Cedric the that I was just a no name comedian, and that he could take this joke and nobody would know. Right. The issue was that I had already done this particular joke on BET's Comic View twice. Right. It had done so well on BET's Comic View that they had made it part of the commercial. So part of the commercial of make sure you tune in to BET was you seeing me doing this joke. So this is not just a random joke. This is my very best joke, <laughs> and it's my last joke, and it's my closing joke. Okay. 1998, I'm doing this joke. It's on Comic View. Cedric comes to the comedy store. He watches me in the audience. He comes backstage. He tells me what a great job I did and how much he loves the joke. Two years later, he's doing that as his last joke on the Kings of Comedy. And he's doing it verbatim. What he's just changed think? my car into a spaceship. Him and Steve had already apologized for me, so I gave him a pass for a decade. Why would you sit here and be like, I talked to, I saw Cat 30 times, <laughs> and Cat didn't do, as I stand before you. Shannon, I would have bust Cedric's stomach. <laughs> there was nothing that would have kept me from one of these in, in that patch right there. God like, are damn. you kidding me? Why would you downplay me like that? Why did I give you a pass if you were just going to lie? Cedric all right, all right, all right, all right. That ain't it. There's more. They offered him 50 million and he turned it down. Who gonna turn down 50 million? Now, I've had to turn down 50 million dollars four times. This is Diddy comments now. Four times. Just to protect my integrity and that virgin hole I was telling <laughs> you about. Right. Because uh, P. Diddy be wanting to body. And you gotta tell him no. Oh, you Lord. got to tell him no. What I, the did. I did. I did. See, I got the receipts for everything I'm telling you. That's why I can say I'm so freely. Can I need another one? Here, get you another one. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, man. So let me get let me delve into this a little further, man. Pause first and foremost. Uh, you know, this entire interview, and, and I'll tell you, I watched every bit of it. This shit had me up until about two thirty in the morning on the work night. I fucked around, got in the car the next day, trying to drive around, tired of shit. I'm like, man, Red Bull, is that gonna do it? You know what I mean? I was ick fucking exhausted. I said exhausted, not with the X, ek. Motherfucker, E-C-K, exhausted. 
I was fucking tired, but this shit was too riveting, man. The whole time I'm watching it, you know, I like to put my earbud in. One of them pass out, listening to some shit. Do I have to view it more often than not? No, I could just turn the phone upside down, let it, let a YouTube run, let a podcast run, just to go to sleep at this point. I'm uh, I'm one of them cats who needs to hear some some noise in the background, right? Whether it be a TV, a fan. It's cold as shit. I ain't letting the fan rock right now. I know a lot of y'all are 24-7, 365 warriors in that route, but um, I'm cold as hell. So I was like, no, man, you know, usually I just throw something in the air and rock like that. But this Cat Williams interview, I was like, man, I, I found myself just keep grabbing the phone, lifting it up. And then at a certain point, I think I might have fell asleep just looking at it sideways. But this shit, man, he uh, he had a lot to say. And regardless of how you feel about Cat Williams, you know, um, let me say this. The same way that you would uh, digest a sports, or not sports, excuse me, a news story, right? Whether you're, you know, you're prone to watching this style of news or that style. And when I say style, I mean, uh, just to put in kind of lamest terms, whether it's like a CNN or Fox News, right? Y'all get the gist of what I'm saying without diving in too politically. Um, I would advise everybody to go to both sources, to, 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 you know, cite your sources, to get in there, to go... Through the nitty gritty and find out, you know, what you could believe. Because there's always three sides of a story, only two get told. So, uh, the same way that, you know, it's you can't always take everything at face value. When Cat Williams says some shit, you know <laughs> the stories about Cat. You've seen him smack the shit out of somebody in the target line. You've seen him get beat up by a teenager <laughs> outside, right? Like, there's just so many different depictions of Cat Williams. But when I look at the guy at, at his core... I see somebody who anytime he's come across my TV screen has not only been entertaining, but, you know, I feel like that's an understatement. I've laughed at everything that I've seen from Cat, including when he went crazy in Oakland. It's not, let's not uh, absolve him from that, that, uh, you know, the, what, what should be on his shoulders at this point for that, for that show. But. Cat Williams is one of them cats, man. He's just one of them dudes that when you see on the TV screen or, or hearing your ear, you're going to like pay extra attention to. He had a whole lot of shit to say. He uh, he got very vocal about a lot of things. And you know, I'm running this show without notes, but I did start a show. You know, start some of these notes. So let me go in here and just see the points that I want to touch on. Um, first and foremost, this this interview starts with you know, hi Shannon Sharp Club, Shay Shay Cat, how you doing? And fresh out the gate, my man's taking shots on everybody. Victim list includes Steve Harvey, Ricky Smiley, Cedric the Entertainer, Tiffany Haddish, Faison Love, Diddy, and I know I'm missing more. But the thing that I like about this is as much as he unloaded on everybody, especially from the hello, there really wasn't no warning shot, right? Shannon's like, oh, shit, this is going to be one of them ones. And with that being said, he kind of went the drink champs route. You know, Nori be like, take a shot, take a shot before we do this. The whole time, you know, I'm a, I need another one. Cat, would you like to take another one? I even think that it was said prior to the interview starting or at the beginning of the interview, like, yo, Cat has been, he started before me. Sure he did. Let's get into uh, Cat Williams' thoughts on Ricky Smiley. Smiley, sit here and you said out that mouth, you stole Friday after next. The one I was in, <laughs> I wish all, all of America fumbled a bit when that happened. And, and then he said some stuff that 
we haven't heard in 100 years in Hollywood, you ain't say nothing. This man told you he had Cat Williams' role. He was gonna be Money Mike. Wait. And Cat Williams was gonna be was gonna be the Santa Claus. Now let's, three quick points. Three. You mean in Hollywood, <laughs> they three. cast a five foot five black Santa Claus that weigh 145 pounds. That's your story. Your story is the Ricky Smiley that couldn't even do curse words because he had a Christian fan base. Mm. He was going to play the pimp. Why you didn't ask him why has he played a woman in more movies than he's played a man? Well, I didn't know he... He shouldn't be able... You wouldn't let a, 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 a athlete that been on steroids talk about one of the greats. <laughs> Ricky Smiley can't act because Ricky Smiley can't act. He told you the story about when the movie came out. Where did he say he watched it? At home. He wasn't even at the premiere. Oh, you telling this man, you stole that. Oh, so he could get his name in the same sentence with a great one. It is sad. He was just that bitter when we were shooting it. He told everybody, it should have been my role. Everybody on the scene. Why do you think no cast member has ever said anything? Podcast. He couldn't have played that role like you. I thought he, he Sir, was... Sir, no one... Why no... He was with KD? He beat up Terry Crews? Why nobody know this story? You talking about in Hollywood, they switched off roles. You take this and he... What? <laughs> so Ricky, Ricky Smiley knows this. We auditioned in Los Angeles. Yes. I was audition number 201. 200 black comedians auditioned for the role of Money Mike with me. You're saying all 201 of us was auditioning and you had already had the role and had already shot the role in four days? The truth of the matter is, the Money Mike in the original script got raped in the bathroom. Ooh, and that's listen what to Ricky this. Smiley was okay with. Listen to this shit. Cat Williams had to take the risk in front of the studios and the cast and our powers that be in his very first movie and say respectfully, humbly, guys, if we're talking about anything else, I have no credibility and I have no pull. But we're talking about comedy. Right. Where I have all the credibility and all the pull. The problem with Friday After Next Talk is to him. we're trying to make a classic comedy. And this comedy involves a rape. And rape is never no, funny, funny, no matter who it happens to or what the circumstances are. Real shit. If you would allow me to allow us to do this movie without a black man getting raped in it, I promise you that it will be twice as funny. And I'm going to stop it right there because I, I really want to focus on this right now. This is a big focal point for me. As much as this is meant to be laughs and jokes and funny and, you know, pile on, everybody is doing reaction, podcasts, think pieces, videos, and, and uh, Instagram lives, whatever, you name it, right, on this specific topic. I don't know how many are going to deep dive into this and delve on this particular topic, but I want to let all of y'all know. I wholeheartedly agree with Cat Williams on this shit. The same way that I want to come over here and make a rape joke or allow, you know, the, uh, and this is the second time I'm ever going to say this man's name. I, I vowed not to say it, but the Charleston whites of the world, man, for these people to come out and say the type of shit that they do in no way, shape or form is this shit funny, something for clickbait or anything that I think anybody should be talking about in any form of light. As far as, as as comedy is concerned, it's not funny, it's not good, it's not acceptable, it's not fucked with. I 
wholeheartedly commend uh, Cat Williams for his stance on this. That that whole entire take right there to me is something that was overlooked in this interview that needs not be. And I want to uh, directly go into some of the receipts that was that was held after the shit, right? Because he goes off on everybody, and I'm going to play a lot of it. But directly concerning the uh, the Ricky Smiley allegations or accusations or however you want to call it, I have somewhere on my phone Ice Cube's response to this, and I really do want to play that. So I'm going to find that right now and give it to y'all. You know, first of all, I just want to say, you know, we shot that movie over 20 years ago. So, you know, people have different perspectives and it's been a long time. Um, I also want to say, you know, every comedian, that podcast. With, every comedian that I've put in a movie, I only put them in the movie because I thought they was funny. I thought that was perfect for the part. Um, I tried to put them in a position to win. Um, that's what it's all about, you know. I don't, I don't, you know. I look at <clears throat> from, you know, Chris Tucker and Bernie Mac and Mike Epps, Cat Williams, do, 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 um, do. Do. Ricky Smiley, Michael Blackson, um, Cedric. Um, Kat, I mean, Kevin, Kevin Hart, um, you know, all these guys I know are funny as hell, you know, they, I didn't discover them, you know, they were doing their stand up or doing their thing and I, I knew that they were great and that they could act and that, um, you know, if I, if I have an opportunity, I was going to give them an opportunity, you know, to me, that's what it's all about. Um. You know, far as, you know, specific things, you know, um, Cat was 100 on, on a few things. A few, let's um, get to most it. Most of what he was saying, uh, a couple things, you know, um, I just want to clarify. Uh, when we bring in a new, you know, comedian, um, we do have them try out for different roles. So Ricky did... Um, give Money Mike a shot. Um, but when we saw him and, you know, we kind of saw how he moved and how he was, you know, um, auditioning, we decided that he would be a better, uh, you know, Santa Claus. No speaking role. Uh, which was no, no fucking line. And, um, when we saw M- M- Mike, I mean, uh, <laughs> damn, I call him Money Mike. When we saw Cat. You know, when I saw him, he, I just knew that he was perfect for Money Mike. Um, and, you know, Professional as fuck podcast. Cat, you know, said he wrote his role, which, I mean, the role was written, but he enhanced it. This is why Cat um, was so dope in the movie. You know, Money Mike had a small role, you know, about as big as the Santa Claus role, but. When we start filming, he was giving us such magic that we kept expanding his role. There you go. Giving him more to do because he was on point. Um, you know, when we shoot these movies, you know, for one, the scripts are fire or they wouldn't even do it. 
the script's a, la a laugh out funny. But we shoot the script, but once we get what we need from the script, we let the comedians ad-lib, riff, you know, play with the words, do their thing. You know, we give them a take where they can, or two, three takes where they can go off and do what they feel. Um, you know, sometimes it makes the movie, sometimes it don't. You know, when somebody gives you jewels, you want to uh, try to make sure that makes the movie. Um, so in the movie, there's second thing I want to clear up. Man, hurry up, Kill. never. I would never shoot a rape scene. It's my first time hearing uh, this. In a movie, especially like Friday, um, where you actually see this happening on camera. Nobody said that. that. my style. If you check out any of my movies, they're not raunchy. Um, you know, we did a movie called Players Club where the subject matter was a little raunchy, but but for the most part, um, even that, we we left it to your imagination. So no, no, no. I'm going to stop it right there. That was my first time hearing this, and that's not sugarcoat the shit. In Players Club, it was very much implied that a rape went down. So that's where I'm going to have to cut all this right now, first and foremost. I don't want to hear no more of that. And like I said, that was my first time listening. Everybody who's ever seen Players Club knows exactly how that shit goes. So I don't want to hear none of that. Maybe now because you big three, Ice Cube. Then now we have to, you know, speak differently about what was going on in that film. But that was very clearly. And not to say that that was something to cast stones at, at Ice Cube about. I'm sure that shit happens prominently unfortunately in the uh nightlife realm of things and i'll leave it at that right as, as exotic dancers i'm sure that there are people who get handsy i'm sure that there are people who feel entitled i'm sure that there's people who spend enough money or feel like they've spent enough money that night to feel like they should have their way or whatnot which is never the case so let's, you know, I, I'm not trying to, like I said, cast stones at a ice cube, but let's just call it spade a spade. You most definitely, whether you filmed it or not, you portrayed a rape in that film. Let's just leave it at that. Um, there's more of this shit. Let's, let's get into uh, more of the backlash surrounding this, this Cat Williams interview. He said a lot of things. I'm not going to be able to find a clip for every specific thing that he said, but I just want to point out the fact that what was said in there were were, th were terms of, you know, less than endearment towards, like I said, Kevin Hart, Tiffany Haddish, Ricky Smiley, Steve Harvey, Cedric Entertainer, a caveat of people. Uh, and it gets to this. A lot of reason why I give credence to what Cat is saying is because a lot of the receipts have emerged based on what he's had to say. A lot of the interview, you know, he spoke about certain different things, stolen material. You heard a clip where he talks about Cedric the Entertainer stealing a, a very prominent joke of his that was aired on Comic View, using it for the Kings of Comedy. He also in there stated that Mark Curry had been stolen from basically the entire premise of Hanging with Mr. Cooper, he says, turned into the Steve Harvey show. And uh, shout out to Mark Curry, Oakland representative. He had this to say. Kids, please. Mama sent us down to the liquor store, put boxes on us. This is we a Halloween costume. I don't know what we are. 
I don't know. She didn't tell her. You're speaking of a Halloween costume back in the day. I think we UPS, I guess. I don't know. You've heard me say that every Halloween I had the same outfit on. Every year. I just had a brown box. I wasn't nothing sad. I just not asked my father, could I have a new outfit? And he said, no, just wear the same one. It was just a brown box. And he just told me to tell everybody I was a UPS man. Yeah. Uh, okay, so tell he me about it. He never said thank you. Well, so what's up with you and Steve, man? I ain't nothing, I ain't nothing with me. He's, uh, well, Steve stole my material on his show, so I had a beef on that. On what show? On, when he was on his the, the, the bullshit talk show he had. A professional. And he did, he, he did all my Halloween material one Halloween. I'm watching that. Uh, somebody called me and said, man, Homeboy doing your material. So he did my whole Halloween run. And I know he didn't think of it. And uh, this this is true stuff that really happened to me. Uh-huh. And so my thing is, you don't have to do that, homeboy. Mm. So, you know, motherfucker, you made enough money, bitch ass. You know? <laughs> you made enough money. You did enough. You know what? Why are you on my material? Right. You know, what's that about? You right. know, and then, you know, people want to jump up. Oh, he didn't know. He didn't steal your. So, yes, he did. Yeah. I mean, you know, so, you know. And so that, that, there's no need to do, no one else has did that. To, mm-hmm. So uh, this was on his talk show, which talk, was his TV talk show? His TV talk show. Okay, this was uh, the one he had on NBC just recently. Whatever, yeah. The, okay. the one that, that <laughs> damn, who took his show from him? Uh, Kelly Clarkson. How can mm. Kelly Clarkson take your show, homie? <laughs> hey, bro. Damn. Mm. You know, so, so. You got your show took by but, Kelly Clarkson? You know what's crazy? Damn. I met my fiance on Steve's show, on Steve oh, really? Harvey's talk show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's. Nobody asked your bitch ass, man. Let's get to it. let's get to it, man. You said who stole this show, Kelly Clarkson? <laughs> it's fucked up, but it's true, and it's fucked up because it's true. Uh, the receipts keep receding, man. That's what the internet's been talking about. First and foremost, that's just Mark Curry stating that you know it's true. Cedric did steal some. I mean, excuse me, Steve Harvey did steal some shit from uh, Cedric the Entertainer. Now I'm gonna go through a lot of the responses that came from this. This is now Cedric the Entertainer responding to Cat Williams' recent interview. And uh, this is what I got to say. Told you when you asked him, did you steal Cat Williams? Him and Steve had already apologized. What up, y'all? What's up, Sid? I'm gonna address this Cat Williams thing one time, man. I saw people on there really uh, commenting about that. Look, hold on, I have- hold on. Him and Steve. I'm, I'm gonna just. <laughs> I can't let this man talk. This motherfucker look like the spring version of the C's candy lollipops. If any of y'all seen this clip, I post on the socials. This motherfucker came out looking like the entertainer. Let's just keep going. Hold on. What's up, Sid? I'm gonna address this Cat Williams thing. You look goofy as fuck. I saw people on there really (laughs) commenting about that. Look like a home goods lamp. I have no idea what this brother is talking about. That joke is over 30 years old, close to 37 years old. I did the Kings of Comedy in 1999. Probably had been doing that joke six, seven years before that. I don't even know if Cat was doing comedy then. So, you know, again, he a talented brother. I have no idea what he's talking about. I've never seen Cat do a a uh, space shuttle joke. So, uh, you know, there may be something that he believes is true. Uh, I've written a lot of jokes. I've had a lot of comedians steal my jokes as well. So I understand if you feel, you know, slighted by that, but that's my joke. That's my joke, dog. Driving space shuttle to the moon, cigarette, cutie pie rocking in the background, parallel parking spaceship. It's my All joke, right. dog. They gonna move to the moon. Ain't gonna happen. Y'all move to the moon, damn it, we coming to the moon. Oh, we'll be right behind y'all in space shuttles with Cadillac grills, 
Look at just rolling one headlight out. Tags be all wrong. All based. Y'all know we'll drive a space shuttle too. That's right up our damn alley. A space shuttle is long. They ain't scared of no black folk. We'll drive a space shuttle. We grew up driving long cars. We'll drive a space shuttle like it's a 72 deuce and a quarter. We get us a cigarette. We get us, we be in a space shuttle like it's a 72 deuce. The rest of that is performing of art. You could, you could, uh, you know the joke. If you don't, then go back to the Kings of Comedy. I'm gonna say the Prince of Comedy at this point. Uh, God, man, it was somewhere where they actually had the receipts, uh, showing exactly when this uh, joke was said and this joke was spoke about. Let me see if I can find it right now before we go any further. All right, I found it, y'all. I want to provide y'all with some of the, uh, some of the receipts. Let's just, let's just show this. Cat Williams clue look like he recording this shit in 1982, but of course that's not the case. But this is uh, some shit that popped up. Oh man, so I recently covered a video with Cat Williams calling out comedian Cedric the Entertainer on Club Shay Shay saying they stole a joke from him from back in the days. I'll catch y'all up with that later, but first thing first, initially I played a clip of Cedric the Entertainer doing a joke that Cat Williams said that was stolen from him. But since then, I did stumble across Cat Williams performing this joke on Common View. Now I want you guys to be the judges. Let me know if you think Cedric stole this joke from Cat. <laughs> You couldn't hear the damn thing when it cut off. It looked like this. You flossing in a six shift converter. Rest of it, like I said, is performative art. But damn, dude, this uh, this clip clearly shows you know something that came before Cedric the Entertainer. Nineteen ninety nine is when this uh, Kings of Comedy tour went about, and when the actual show was was videotaped and documented to go across to the masses. Uh, when I say that it don't even look like Cedric did anything different, but actually have a cigarette on him at the time, like it, it is down to the movements. Um, obviously Cedric was a little more old school with it. Cat was a little more player with it, but um, it's pretty fucking apparent. Cedric ain't the only person to respond though. You know, there was more. Um, like I said, the receipts just kept on coming, man. People were, people had a lot to say. A lot of people had, you know, uh, Direct responses. Some people went about the different channels and avenues. I do want to find Phase on Love's response because you know it's always important to uh, so both shots, both sides of the coin. Especially uh, since nobody else is going to give a damn what Phase on Love had to say. Here we go. Chimp Williams. <laughs> Chimp Williams. Chimp is what he calls him. <laughs> Uh, 
right, you know, I'm biased as a motherfucker because just like I said, I was gonna cut off that Cedric and talk about now. Uh, phase on love, man. First and foremost, ain't nobody seen you since fucking Big Worm, man. When did the original Friday come out? Let's talk about that, right? If the Kings of Comedy came out in 1999, the original motherfucking uh, Friday had to come out way before then. Let's say 94, 95. I'm just fucking strictly freestyling here. Actually, I got the fucking computer in front of me. Let me check this shit out, man. Oh, man. Because Phase on Love got me irritated as fuck, man. You show his old, stupid, decrepit ass. Hold on, wait. When did Friday film release? Typing it up with y'all live, man. 1995. Oh, damn, I'm good. April 26, 1995. Go back to my recording now. Make sure I ain't fucking nothing up. Since 1995, so if the, uh, you know, we're, we're damn near 30 years on this shit, so we had, what, 29? <sighs> Excuse me, I'm telling you, it's late now, and on top of that, I'm do 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 Those y'all who know what I'm talking about know what I'm talking about. Phase on the motherfucking love, dog. Uh, no one's been checking with you since 1995. Of course, that film has lived and, and is a classic and will forever live in the minds of those who, you know, uh, love the film as I do. And I do kudos to you on your performance in it. Do I think you were in any way as important as a Smokey? No. Were you a part of it though? Yes. As a Craig? No. As as a, anybody else? No. Excuse me. And yes, I do know what the focal point was, you know, them having to get your money back. And so let's not downplay what your importance as far as character was. But if we're talking about your character as far as lines and impact, as far as you specifically, not storyline, you know what I mean? Not like the premise of the fucking film. More so your presence on the film. Come on, man. Let's stop talking like that, bro. You Ricky Smiley on Friday after next. Like, nobody's really checking for you. And um, as you make your part, your part, of course. It's the principalities. Like, of course, everybody remembers that. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, all the shit. Like, that's not. Let's not play ourselves, man. Yeah. You do embody who who we think of now when we think of Big Worm for a lack of, you know, because that's it. That's all we've ever known as a Big Worm. So, I mean, yeah. But you bodied it, man, and I'll give you kudos for that. Now, I want to get back to what he has to say because, honestly, I ain't even heard this shit because, like I said, I ain't checking for nothing the phase on got to say, and that includes today. So, uh, let's give him his response time, man, because I'm biased. Champ Williams. <laughs> Chimp Williams. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's hard to address lunacy and hypocrisy, downright ignorance. But it's so funny how many people think this dumb, stupid mother is spitting truth.
But that's the internet, I guess. You guys want to believe in something so bad. I guess you left God, and now you believe in chimps like this. Who's an actual chimp, and you're not listening to what he's saying. He's actually calling for help. Um... All right, all right. And first, yo, face on, I remember now exactly what you look like, bro. <laughs> you look like this, bro. Like, bitch. Bitch, I'm back good. It don't matter. It's just a, it's just a fucking bike, bitch. Didn't nigga, why the fuck you come on my bike ugly, dude? Chip Williams. Yeah. Come on. I'm fucking double in the fucking Nigga, why like you this. keep on saying it? You said that you in the fucking grave, nigga. And why you nigga, where your grades at? Where your grades at? You got straight fucking L's and D's, nigga. I don't. I got straight A's. No, you don't, nigga. You make straight D's and L's. I'm professional as fuck, Pug. What's your fucking bag no more, dude? What you say? What you say? You don't want no pizza. What you bagging up for? What you? Nigga, pussy, man. He bagging up. Real talk. Say no real nigga. I'm a fucking grown man. You are? You're a grown man. You're a grown man. You don't smoke, though? You don't smoke. You don't smoke, nigga. You don't smoke. How many times your daddy whoop your ass and you cry? How many times your daddy whoop your ass? I don't cry, nigga. I don't. <laughs> How the fuck? You, you don't know This no, nigga no, trying no. to cook a motherfucking, uh, uh, <laughs> damn, ham, uh, a fucking sandwich. Sandwich. <laughs> this pussy ass nigga burn a fucking sandwich. Why the fuck you ain't eating cold? The fuck wrong with you? Nigga, can't eat a fucking sandwich cold. <laughs> Cut that shit. Come on. <laughs> That's exactly what Face on Love look like to me right now when he's doing this shit. So I got to put that in perspective. Oh, man. Oh. Unprofessional as fuck podcast. Come on, man. I'm fucking crying over here in my shape. Uh, yeah. Face on, I, I got to be honest with you, man. Nobody cares what you got to say. Um, that includes me, man, uh, and, and, and I'm going to say the masses. I, I guess I'm speaking for a lot of people when I say that, but we shall see. You leave it in the comments. If y'all really fuck with Faison like that over at Cat Williams or, or you know, uh, I mean, let's just think about it. I fuck with, let's think of the things I fuck with more than, than the Faison love comment, commentary or comedic stand up. I fuck with stubbing my toe on the corner of a table way more than I fuck with phase on love in any capacity. Uh, I fuck with getting my pizza delivered 45 minutes after the expected time, cold as shit and half eaten more than I do than listening to what phase on love got the fuck to say. Let me see what else I, uh, I fuck with waiting in the ER on a sick Ass day, night, let's call it four o'clock in the morning, six hours straight, more than I do fucking with any kind of phase on love commercial endorsement, comedic stand up, uh, Facebook live, Instagram live, Twitter spaces, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I would rather do a life bid in prison. Okay, that's going a little far. That's going a little far. Five years in prison before I watch any face I love anything. Fuck out of here, bro.
I got a ruck rent or else I would go crazy right now. But I, I definitely got a ruck rent on the way. Y'all asked for it. I couldn't afford it, but God, we are here today. So uh, be on the lookout for that. I might have to record this shit immediately after this. But uh, damn, I'm in my cat bag right now. You see that? Uh, there was more responses. I don't want to not give everybody the space that's needed and necessary. Uh, let me see who else has something to say. Kevin Hart, you know, he's got the Plastic Cup boys. They do some type of something, right? I think NBA on TNT gives them a platform where they sit down and do their own shit, whether it be for bre- uh, Bleacher, Bleacher Report. Excuse the fuck out of me. I'm going to play it. Hey, hey, Kev, you you didn't say nothing to Cat Williams when he did a three-hour uh, interview talking slow yesterday. <laughs> you didn't put a shot clock on him. <laughs> do, you, do you entertain the circus or do you watch it, Perk? Which one do you do? <laughs> hey, hey, Kev, you, you didn't say nothing to Cat Williams. Fun fact about the um, New York Knicks, I don't know if you guys noticed. But Cat Williams bought the Knicks. He definitely bought it. He bought the Knicks, and uh, it's rumored that he took the Knicks back, returned them with a receipt. (laughs) Yeah, you could do that. You didn't know you could do that. The first person ever did. Oh, they gave him a 30-day policy. He he bought it for 15 days. And returned it. Yeah, yeah. so it's another fun fact about the New York Knicks. He made the team. He he played. He played. Oh, he played. He played with the Knicks. That's funny. I can't lie. That's just funny. One of the fastest. 3.9. Oh, man, all right. Figured out how to play basketball from reading all them books. There was a lot of shit that's not going to go viral from <laughs> That's actually funny. I can't lie. From this Cat Williams, Cliff Shay Shay interview, he said he read so many books that you were so, I mean, there was, there was some shit in there. Well, I'm like, cat, I'll fuck with you, bro. But come on. He said he ran a four. I don't know what the fuck the, the proper terms are, right? But then he has a receipt. So as much as, you know, people want to lie and joke, you know, he ran a three nine. Then he shows this. It's a four, four, seven, right? I don't know how far this motherfucker's running down the way. Of course, that shit, did he look like he moving fast as fuck? I don't know if they got no CGI or nothing. That wasn't a CGI tiger like you saw or, or the cocaine bear. That wasn't cocaine bear. Now, who's to say that wasn't cocaine cat? You know, he said that he didn't do no hard drugs. He don't do none of this. He smokes weed, drinks alcohol. Okay. Um, this is where I have to push, offer some pushback. Cat, I ain't <laughs> I smoke weed, I drink alcohol. Would it make me want to slap the shit out of somebody's face in a Target? No. If you said Walmart, perhaps. But you're talking about Target. I don't know, bro. You, you might have been on some, you know what I mean, when you got your ass beat by the 17, 16-year-old. Uh, I know what people are going to say. He was bigger than him. Now, I want y'all to uh, say that sentence again one one more time slowly. He was bigger than him, right? All right, Tiffany, you had it. She's bigger than him. This is her response.
wouldn't let her perform in a comedy store. That's true. They wouldn't let me perform on the white nights in the comedy store, but I performed on all the black nights. They wouldn't let me perform on the white nights at the improv, but I performed on all the black and Latino nights. And so the rest of my that's a response right there, man. You can't be mad at what she had to say, right? Uh, Tiffany, you know what I mean? You are, are deserving of your space here, too. I just want to thank whoever got Tiffany to the show, uh, you know, <laughs> safely. Hopefully she gets home the same way. Don't fall asleep inside the car drunk as shit. Oh, I'm cat bias in the motherfucker, man. And I tell you, I don't even really fuck with cats. You know what I mean? Cat Williams is the exception, man. Uh, speaking of not fucking with cats, man, let's move on from this because there's a lot more going on right now. I don't want to. I don't want to harp too much on this situation, but this is a hell of a funny moment for the culture. Motherfuckers got catnip, man. Uh, cat was definitely catting off. Uh, somebody else catting off, man. BG, he's out here dissing Lil Wayne. Uh, everybody, right? Uh, let's just let's just play it real quick. Designer clothes and fucking hoes to khaki suits, noodles and rice bowls from getting dough and rocking shows to pulling my dick off pictures of naked hoes. Man, the boy was drove. Missed my life on the road. Couldn't complain to my cellar. He had life with no parole. They caught me with a knife. Did 30 days in the hole and on top of that. They sent me into the motherfucking smooth. My kids were steady growing, hoes steady hoeing. My nigga Boosie went home and my dog was steady blowing. My nigga Weezy steady torn, but he's a bitch and it's showing. I'm still a living legend, don't act like you didn't know it. Alright, so that's that's it, right? It had no real context to his uh, bars. This is just my response. I got the time today, man. I'm telling y'all, I am do 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 do. On top of that, this motherfucker BG, <laughs> he went to prison with the uh, how I put this in perspective. He went to prison with the with the Benny the Butcher. <laughs> he went to prison with the Benny the Butcher braids. He come out now his hair looking like I don't know what Kaytrinada. What the fuck is this shit he got going on top of his head, man? He got the Erica Badu. Uh, <laughs> Venus and Serena put together braids. I don't know what the fuck is going on. BG man, leave this man alone, bro. You could get good money. You should go and get good money with these fellas. Do a hot boys reunion. I know Turk. Whether he in, I, I thought I saw him do an interview recently. I don't know if he's in or out or what's going on with Turk. No disrespect at all. Shout out to Turk, man. But um, y'all could get money together, bro. Now, do you have to restructure contracts and make sure that, that Birdman keeps his hands all the way out of it? Yes, you do. But there's ways of going about that shit, man. Now, do I think that, that you coming off the top and, and just, you know, making comments? And that wasn't even a smooth bar, bro. <sighs> You're just playing yourself. Let's play some of that again because this reminds me this reminds me of tone rapping, bruh. Butterfly doze and all of those. Shut the fuck up. Nobody want to hear that bullshit, bro. You living? You're free. I'll leave it alone, man. I'm going to leave it alone for the because I don't want to enter nobody else into the chat. Either, either you got a little dirty-ass dog or you got a cat. I don't know what it is, but all y'all, man, y'all can just sit there and talk about what y'all would have did. You know what I mean? Had you stood on business. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. 
It's whack rap. It, it, the, the hair. Uh, I don't know where. The, I don't know how long you've been locked up, BG. Uh, somebody, please. I wish I had somebody here producing with me to do, do math on that, but I don't think it's been that long. Jizzle. <laughs> I really don't think it's been that long. Plus, I I really don't care. The bar to me. Let's just be honest with it. Uh, let's, let's go through it. This is just you know first time, second time hearing it. Reiterating. Uh, you said Boozy came home, been glowing. Weezy been touring. He a bitch in his showing. All right, yeah. Oh, wow. Ooh, impressive. Great, great line. Nah, man. Shit's just whack. It's low hanging fruit. Nobody's really fucking with it. Nobody really cares. But hey, it's true to you. It's how you feel. It's how you. Uh, it's how you living. You know. So be it. Not gonna spend too much more time on this shit. I'm just gonna leave it at that. BG, man, you got a lot of growing to do, bro. If you could only grow as fast as your hair does. <laughs> Then you know we wouldn't be here today. But hey, man, growing, man, you gotta grow, and and people gotta grow and let go. Pusha T, he's been real quiet as far as this Kanye West shit that's going on. I got a lot to say about Kanye. I'm not gonna do it all here today because for one, it's too late. For two, I really don't give a fuck. But this to me just seemed funny as fuck, man. Uh, as of nine hours ago, Pusha T goes off on Kanye West an alleged leaked text message. This is how it goes. And I'm, I'm speaking all of this from Pusha T, right? So I don't want to be held to the fire for his comments. I will edit out what I need to. He said, I put out the song because he dissed me and mentioned my wife in the song. So, he, of course, now from the first line, whether I've paid too much mind to this or not, he's clearly talking about Drake, right? Drake talked about, you know... Uh, Whatever it may be, right? That's who you, I, I don't know the gist. I don't really fuck with Drake like that. But then he goes on. He says, you let Drake disrespect you, your wife, and your family. And that's why I can't, excuse me. That's why you can't get your wife to respect you. Now, that's heat. <laughs> he said, I want to read that again. He said, you let Drake disrespect you, your wife, and your family. That's why you can't get your wife to respect you. Maybe that's why you're not invited to the fucking birthday parties, yay. And uh, and Drake's still driving by honking twice. I mean, beep, beep. <laughs> Saying what's up to Chris. He says, don't blame me, Kanye. I would never shoot anybody for you. You would snitch on me. <laughs> I don't know what context this comes in, but anyway, it's funny. And if it is some real logical shit to this, please leave that be. Oh, maybe that's what I mean. You know, just hindsight 2020, or at least in the last 20 seconds. I put the song out because he dissed me. He wasn't doing that. So that's his, that's what this line to me means, right? I would never shoot anybody for you. You would snitch on me. So maybe that's what I'm going to put that at that. That's where he's referencing. The shots that he took on, on, you know, on Drake and why he did it. Now continue. He says, Sean <laughs> changed his name to Moses and turned Jew. Please don't compare me to him. That's crazy. Uh, he said, Puff was better off without J-Lo. She was a whore. <laughs> All right. Uh, I've held you down and you don't appreciate me. Oh, man. Oh. I can't lie, man. Push your cooking. You let Drake disrespect you, your wife, and your family. That's why you can't get your wife to respect you. I like that line right there, man. Uh, he's 
I would never shoot anybody for you. You would snitch on me. That's for it to be too. And then the next line, I, I read it real fast. But I mean, Sean changed his name to Moses and turned Jew. Please don't compare me to him. I was going to edit myself out, but for what? For what? Yeah, Spotify might come at me for the music, and that's one thing. But am I going to get canceled because of this little statement right here? Nah. And I do kind of feel the same way, man. That's a Patreon topic. I'll get to it on Patreon because Spotify is ran by the powers that be. Um, let's move on, man. Wholeheartedly. I, I do want to talk about these fucking uh, NFL playoffs. I'm briefly going to speak on it because I'll be honest with you. I did not. Oh, this is if this is if uh, instance and that's that's not what I'm fucking with. Uh, I did see some brackets that were put out as far as the definitive what's going on right now in the NFL. I do want to let everybody know that I did not watch any NFL games today. I actually woke up this morning and forgot that the fucking NFL Sunday was was underway. I, I went out and, and I guess we could talk about it now. I went out and I watched that fucking Kings game, man. <sighs> what the feasy? What the feasy? Now, before I completely eviscerate the uh, the Kings and what they got going on, I do want to point out, damn, have I been talking? I mean, I wish we had video. <laughs> do, 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 do. Uh, <laughs> I have watched two Kings games in the past, whatever, 72 hours, right? So the Friday night game we went out to as a family. We watched them. And I want to talk about this in depth, but I'll, I'll briefly speak on it right now. We watched them play a Toronto Raptors team that, you know, for lack of better terms, every time we get to, like, a game's coming up or we're getting close to it, the casual fans, my wife, you know, whoever, they'll be like, yo, do you know anybody or do I know anybody on these teams? And I'll yell some names out. They'll be like, yes, yes, no. When it came time to talk about the Toronto Raptors, with the exception of Pascal Siakam, I didn't know any fucking names. I was still yelling out for Evan Vliet. His uh his Drake lookalike has been gone for some time now, uh, unbeknownst to me. But he's uh he's not, you know, he he's not really something that that is on the horizon. Like I guess uh I guess he's been gone for some time and I didn't know that. Uh I'm trying to also look at, at this fucking Oh, yeah, the Bills and the Dolphins did play. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place, but I'm trying to hold it together. So that was a Friday game, and I want to get to it. Yeah, the Toronto Raptors, we played them, and we have a deciding, you know, a, a very decent lead on these guys, as you would feel like we should, man. A bunch of no names, although they did beat the Warriors tonight in live action. I, I did see that, but the Warriors, we'll talk about that, too. I'm only an hour in. I'll get you a little bit more on this regular pod, but I, oh, I'm all over the place. I'll talk to you about Patreon later. Now, Toronto Raptors, Sacramento Kings, we were up by a substantial amount. We should be able to put the nail in the coffin in that game. There should be no remnants of a fucking Toronto team coming to Sacramento to play a game. But you let them back in. And how do you let them back in? You start taking three-point shots, you know, at a volume that is not necessary. Now, are there certain nights where you go out and you shoot lights out? Yes, there are. As, as uh has De'Aaron Fox been in the shooting slump as of late? Absolutely. Has he needed to go inside more often than he settles for three points and bails out the other teams? Absolutely. Should the next maturation point for De'Aaron Fox be 
going inside and, and if you're having an off night shooting finding another way to be a fucking facet to your team man allowing your your assist totals to go up getting inside getting your steal on playing exceptional defense if you can't do what you got to do on the offensive side of the ball hey man so be it a lot of times it's just not your night the ball's not going in the fucking basket it is what it is but can you still serve your team and do what you got to do at a high level and and you know Fill in other holes where they may be. Pause the applicable, but <laughs> damn, I am doo doo dooped out. Um, yes, there's other fucking ways you could do that. You could go and be a fa- be a very good portion to your squad, man, by going in. Like I said, playing the defense, being the assist man. You are a point guard. At the end of the day, you are supposed to be, you know, the facilitator of your team. If you are having an off night, as you know. Hey, man, you deserve to. 30-plus points, night in, night out, doing your fucking thing. I am in no way trying to cast stones at you, De'Aaron Fox. All I am saying is there are other ways to have the squad. Now, fast forward. We let that that Toronto team back into the game to where we, you know, have to go to a nail-biter down the way. It should have never been that way. But you get the win. We like the beam for sure. Before I get to NFL, I guess I'll go through this NBA real quick. It is a uh, it's the de- it's depressing, man. The performance that was laid out on the court today, as I took my fucking family to go watch this game. Oh my god! As I just voted for you and the rest of these cats to go into the All Star, come the fuck on, man. Let me go to these fucking games and and more importantly to the score. The final score of today's Pelicans game, and mind you, without a Zion Williamson, a 22-15 and 15 Pelicans team, and now a 21-14 and 14 Kings team, it was 133-100 to 100 in favor of the New Orleans Pelicans on the road in a Sacramento fucking way of... Let me, let me go down to... Before I even get any further, let's just go down to box. Fucking, before we get to the box score, just a summary. In quarter one, we were outscored 33 to 21. All right. Could live with that. Excuse the fuck out of me. Do the Kings always get off to a high start? No. But were they able to, you know, you know, bounce back in, in recent times? Of course. In quarter two, they were outscored 39 to 26. What the fuck? I'm sorry. That's a little more egregious. 39 to 26. So you're telling me you add an extra point to the Pelicans and you remove six from you and we're talking about doubling it up in the second quarter? How does that happen, Mike Brown? I guess I got to hold Mike Brown. Yeah, yeah, that shit flew off the tongue real fast. Mike Brown, you got to shuffle up the fucking uh, lineups in some ways. You know what I mean? Sit some people down. Let's see some more different variations of players in this game. Davion Mitchell lately has been getting a lot of fucking uh, burn and a lot of minutes. You should not. I was not always a fan of this cat Ellis being on the court, but now as I'm watching more and, and you know, the defense that we get from Davion is not to the level that warrants Ellis not getting some burn on, on the offensive side of the game. Cause he came in, he got some points. Sasha, I know he was, uh, he was hurt. Maybe uh, I don't see any other reason why my guy would be sitting down, but he gets some burn because of Trey Lyles being injured. That's off of Friday night with a fucking spot on the floor that can't get swept up. You got to mop up the wet spots. If the, if it ain't the fucking ball boys who see that shit, 
It's the referees who need to point it out. The players shouldn't have to point it out after they sprain their fucking ankle on the court, backpedaling for no fucking reason. But hey, here's what it is. I'm I'm all over the place. <sighs> Thirty nine to twenty five in the second quarter. You talk about third quarter, second half. Uh, <laughs> Sacramento Kings team, right? You think they would maybe come out with a little more veracity after that? No. Thirty one to fourteen, where I was scored in the third. So you mean to tell me? You had 15 minutes to sit back, think about it with a coach like Mike Brown, with a fucking training staff and whatever the fuck you got back there. And you come back and put 14 points up in the third fucking quarter. It was at that point where I was ready to go. The kids were like, no, we want to watch the game. I'm like, what the fuck? Y'all are not driving home. I don't want to watch this shit. I don't want to sit in no fucking traffic. We want to watch the game. I get it. 30 fucking one to 14. I watched these games at the house on the league pass. These are untelevised games. Can't even watch them in our fucking local neighborhood. But I got the league pass watching these shits. You want to tell me what you want to watch? I watch these motherfuckers day in, day out with nobody cheering on, giving a shit about the game. But now because we're here and granted, we're here. 31 to 14 in the second half. So as I just told you, we're getting our asses handed to us in the first half as well. What was it at the half? I'll do the quick math. 47... To 72 In the first half Now you're going to tell me The third quarter comes out They lay it on you 31 to 14 In the third Nah I'm absolutely done watching this Now you're going to talk to me about In the garbage time Where the benches are cleared Now finally in quarter four You outscore the Pelicans 39 to 30 Now that's a little closer right but even with the benches being cleared and then without a Zion Williamson or whoever else of any stature that they really paid too much of mind to, it's a 30-39 to 39 in favor of the Kings. Uh, boo fucking who, man. We lose 133 to 100. That doesn't even really depict how bad shit was. We were down 34. I mean, there were people in the crowd booing. I was not one of them, but I was, you know, catching. You know, usually it's, hey, Keegan Murray. I mean, that's the crowd reaction that you get. You catch a vibe with some people around you. Today, I'm not even focused on the game. I'm laughing, cracking jokes with old boy that's behind me. You know what I mean? Talking, you know, we're talking the game, cracking jokes. He's like, man, shit like this, shit like that. You know what I mean? It was one of them nights. Uh, Sacramento let a goose egg, man. And uh, let me quick get to the points of why I think that is. Darren Fox has, has had an off batch of games. He is performing at an all-star level. At an all NBA first team level, at an MVP dare I say level, right? But shit like this is just blemishes on that on that record that people are going to be looking at going forward. It's going to make it a little harder for people to you know have that argument for you. But man, all in all, you could have done more. Could have done a lot more. Uh. Darren Fox laying, laying the goose egg on the offensive side of the ball. But you could do other things, man. Mike Brown not shaking up the offensive lineup. You could do other things. What else is there that I could point at? The defense is atrocious. By and large, the number one reason why we are losing any games. On the nights that we gel perfectly, it's because defense leads to offense. You get some stops on one side of the ball. Now you have a, you know, fast break where you get numbers going the other way. A five on four, a five on three. 
whatever it may be, that lends itself to easier basketball play on the offensive side of things. I've also seen where we've had situations like this in instances where we do have the numbers and the offense don't even know how to really move about themselves at that point, which also is kind of like a glaring kind of, it sticks out to me, man. Like, all right, how do you, uh, how do you get in these positions that are supposed to be favorable to you and still not know how to, how to move about it appropriately? It's kind of uh, very telling in my in my opinion. I'll leave it at that. Kings, there's some shit we got to do. I didn't even I meant to go to the NFL, and I was talking about how I missed all these games because we're watching the Kings game, and now I'm over here on the fucking Kings rant. It is what it is. You know what I mean? Uh, got me forgetting my fucking passcode to my phone. Do 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 do. Yeah, y'all know what it is. Uh, let's talk NFL, and and I'm really learning all this with y'all. Because like I said, I didn't watch none of this shit. Fantasy football is done, and with that being said, as am I. But I will say that the Raiders found a victory, man, ending the season on 8-9, and nine, tied with the Broncos. First and foremost, I want to say, what the fuck at that? But, you know, 8-9, um, and nine, so it's a losing season after, you know, one year removed from making the playoffs. You want to enter, you know, the Josh McDaniels era, and you look at how... Fucking horrible of an experiment that was. Josh McDaniels, I've spoken about in in large. Y'all can go to the Three Stooges episode and get, you know, a heavy dose of that. He's no longer here. You know what I mean? Once the cast is fucking shaken up and there's no longer any dead weight, we can't continue to talk about the dead weight. Note to self. Uh, But the Broncos... And the Raiders end up both eight and nine. And we talk about the seasons that both of these teams have had. If we do not have that, you know, experiment, as I would say, when it comes to the McDaniels and the Dave Ziegler and that whole Patriots fucking West type of shit that was going on. Look at AP, man. A man that has proven to be a fierce competitor while he was playing. Something that Josh McDaniels and, and Ziegler can never say. On top of that, you know, a lifelong Raiders fan, for one. On top of that, just a different style of culture, man. This guy's come in, and I don't even have the stats along, you know, alongside me, but I do know that the culture has changed. The same way that a Rich Passaccia, who filled in on an interim basis last year, had the heart of the team. It's easy to capture the heart of a team once there's some fuck shit that was there and has been removed. I.e. John Gruden with the racist comments he had going on or all that shit that hit the fan, right? Like, just his way about it. Once you saw all these things that came out, now was it the goose chase? Was it supposed to be a Dan Snyder? For those who don't know, I'm not even going to get all the way into it, but it was a goose chase that led to unearthing some unfavorable statements from John Gruden. You got to go, you got to go. Now, from that, you look at, you know, hindsight 2020, now you start seeing certain positions, how, how you know, how shit, you know, kind of the shades changed a little bit. It went from, ah, man, Raider fans, I don't know exactly what I'm talking about. Antonio Pierce, he comes in, he's doing his thing now. He uh, has the heart of the team. He's galvanized this team around him. You know what I mean? The, the whole entire culture has changed. That's what I look at. Fuck a record. Fuck a few of, you know, the uh, star players having something to say about you. 
when the entire culture has shifted around an individual at the head coach position, you got to take note. This is the Raiders, man. Before I was born, this whole just win baby era, right? You're talking about a Jack Tatum. Hard-nosed fucking late. You know what I mean? Just, just these guys were not known as the clean-cut, uh, politically correct organization or, or, or you know, uh, players or representatives of the culture has changed. We smoking backwoods in the fucking press conferences. The the locker room they're talking about smoking on the Broncos pack tonight or whoever the fuck it may be at that at that specific time, right? The culture has changed, man. Clap it up for AP. My culture changed just talking about this fucking team. Somehow, some way, although it's a losing season, I do not put this on AP. This guy has made uh, water from, you know, he's turned shit into sugar, for lack of better terms. Do I think that he automatically deserves this job? That would be prisoner of the moment. I think that all avenues have to be uh, thought of. Anything that does come available, you would be a fool to not pay mine to. And then we also play devil's advocate on this. Now, Antonio Pierce, if they do decide to go a different route for you to now, you know, completely shun the team or not want to be in some facet involved in that coaching staff, that's also uh, maybe, you know, a dumb move on your part as well. I'll say this. I'm okay with Antonio Pierce being the head coach going forward. And I'll tell you why. The other names I'm hearing thrown out, we we hear uh, Jim Harbaugh, right? Coming from Michigan, they're doing great things. They have the uh, national championship game to be played. By the time you all listen to this, it will be Monday. It will be, you know, they're, they're lying they're going to be in the limelight, you know, and, and have an opportunity to go win and do great things. Do I think that that's going to transfer over to the NFL? We've seen what he's done, right? He was the head coach of the Niners for a specific time. It was the Harbaugh Bowl, member of the Ravens and the Niners, which we might really run into again this year. We'll get to that later. Uh if we're talking about Harbaugh as as head coach of the Raiders, I don't know, bro. He did win. He's been a winner. I'll give you that. But we also said those same things about Jimmy G. And he comes over and that pretty boy shit might win at the brothel, but, you know, on the, on the field, it's not getting it done. Aiden O'Connell, and I want to clap it up for him. I briefly looked at the stats of Nathan O'Connell earlier, and I'm going to go to him real quick before I forget to. Uh, let me see, stats. Aiden O'Connell today went 20 of 31, 244 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. I'm going to clap it up again. Jimmy G, you weren't getting it done. Like, like you know, your uh, 
like your career has shown, you know, a young rookie in the balance comes, takes your jobs, and outperforms you, and that's what's going on here. The same way I feel about a hardball, man. Yeah, are you a proven winner? But is that going to translate over to not only the NFL? You've won here as well. But is that going to be the Raider way? Are you going to be able to galvanize this group of individuals? Who a Raiders team is a lot different than just a regular NFL team. This is a team that is going to face a lot of scrutiny. You got to, you know, and I don't know I'm Raider biased, but so are the NFL referees. You're going to deal with a lot of non-calls. Devontae Adams had to get used to that. Um, you're going to see a whole lot of up and down bullshit that goes around, right? I mean, look at, a uh, man, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but we just spoke about a John Gruden. Uh, look at the other shit that's been going on, man. I'll leave it alone because I don't want to throw any of these young men. And I say young men because they are young men. Did they make stupid decisions? Of course. But uh, at the end of the day, they're young men thrust into a power position in a, in a city like Las Vegas, so I'll leave it alone. Harbaugh, to me, just he may be a winner, but is it going to translate to what we need to get shit done over there in Las Vegas? I hate saying Las Vegas, you know what I mean? But the Raiders organization, maybe not. Some to be uh, to be determined there, and I'm not willing to do that experiment. I don't, I'm fucking 38. I don't want to experiment no more with my favorite fucking franchise of all of the major sports. You make it hard for a fucking fan, man. So I'm just going to say I don't want to experiment with none of this shit no more going forward. I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, who else was thrown out as far as possible? I can't even remember off the top of my fucking head because it doesn't even really matter. Oh, they were talking about bringing John Gruden back. <laughs> what the fuck? Do 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 do. Now, who is really on one right now? You know what I mean? You talking about John Gruden coming back? Leave that shit dead where it's dead. Let him go do some other shit. Whether you're just doing some work with the fucking Saints. We're talking about the Saints. Anyway, 27-14 victory for the Raiders. We're 8-9. The Broncos are 8-9. None of us are in the playoffs. Who the fuck cares? Steelers-Ravens. Let's talk about this AFC South, man. They uh they have a lot of teams in the, in the positive. That I don't think has happened in, in some time. I would need the research in front of me to get it done, but I'm just going to strictly say after a 17-10 victory for the Steelers to will themselves closer to a possible playoff scenario, you know, they did what they had to do when they needed some help, but they get a victory over uh, over Huntley at quarterback, mind you. I don't want to let that be uh, going sad, you know what I mean? Uh, Lamar Jackson was sitting down and relaxing, as he should be. He's earned the right. Texans-Colts, this was another game where if you win, you're in. If you're out, you're not. Uh, I mean, if you lose, you're out. Uh, the Texans find a way with C.J. Stroud coming back, you know what I mean, doing his thing. Anthony Richardson is supposed to be at the helm with the Colts, but he's been injured. Now it's the Garden Minshew show, at least for the foreseeable future, at least for now, right? I think going forward, obviously, they're going to go back to the young guy. But at 10-7, and 7, the Texans find their way into the playoffs with a 23-19 victory over the Colts. Shout-out Zaire and all them guys over there in, uh, in Indy. We weren't able to get it done. I mean, y'all go do your trenches show now. You're going to be on the Joe Budden podcast. That's cool, but you're out. Texans excel. Get in there. Shout out to a CJ Stroud, man. Really proud of that guy when he's done and, and hope to see more. And nobody wants to see no more of a Buccaneers-Panthers matchup ever again. 9-0 to zero now. I thought they had another shitty game in the past, but this game is 9-0 to zero now. A 9-8 Buccaneers team 
gets a victory over a 2-15 Panthers team. It just seems to not be able to do shit right. Browns and Bengals. NFC South, both both teams again above five hundred. This uh this is one of the more difficult divisions to get a win in. Eleven and six Browns do what they have to do, right? But they fall to the nine and eight Bengals at, you know, Jake Brown at the helm. Thirty one to fourteen victory for the Bengals. Uh, you know, it is what it is. The Vikings seven and ten. Note notable here is of course there's no Kirk Cousins. He hasn't been there for some time. Did JJ play? I'm not 100 sure. Like I said, I didn't watch none of this NFL action. The Lions reeling off of that bullshit call from the Cowboys and everything that went wrong over there that we spoke about in the last five. They find a way to win here, 30 to 20. Now 12 and five, doing what they do. You know, going to the playoffs with a good taste in their mouth. That's always a a, a positive. Jets and Patriots. I'm not playing music, y'all, because I already told you at the top of the pod instead of B. Jets and Patriots. Jets are seven and ten. Patriots are now four and thirteen after losing another game. You didn't lose enough to get it to the top, so what the fuck? Why? You know what I mean, it is what it is. The Jets, seventeen to three victory. Uh, shout out to Solomon and him holding on to what he can, making uh, making shit from sugar. Like I said, speaking of shit and sugar. <laughs> the seven and ten Atlanta Falcons versus the nine and eight uh, New Orleans Saints. Shit and sugar. Uh, the shit side of this is Derek Carr and his play and what he does to a to an offensive side of thing. Is he going to be great at making the punter look good? Yes. Is he going to make the uh, field goal kicker look like an all star? Of course. Maybe a tight end or running back that nobody really had any fucking uh, thoughts of. Not saying that about Kamara, but you know what I mean. A Shahid gets his fucking. Uh, his name called more often than not because of a Derek Carr play. Um, in this game, they're running it up forty-one to seventeen, right? At I guess the uh, the end of this game, and everybody's looking at it like, okay, you're running it up, and there's an unspoken, I guess, law of the NFL or in sports in general, where it's like, have some grace. If you've been, you know, handing us our ass, and everyone's been, you know, able to see it and view it, and everyone's know what's going on. At a certain point, you know, take the foot off the gas, right? Uh, fuck all that. The Saints, uh, <laughs> they chose not to. Victory, yeah. uh, but I also explained to DA that it was a team decision. And uh, and I think when you have the a team morale, and I asked the guys, I said, guys, like, what do you, what do you want to do? Yeah. We know how much Jamal means to this team, and and I understood from DA's perspective, so I I, I give him that. Yeah. yeah but D, DA didn't condone that at all. Yeah. You know, he he didn't. Let's talk about what happened. Cause you to not be successful. As we watch this touchdown. Oh man. That's, that's Williams that. with his first touchdown of the season, and that's the rivalry, right? It right. looked like a knee, and the Saints score a touchdown with 110 to go. That, that is man. amazing. It's out of pocket. Oh, and Arthur Smith's hot. That Dennis Allen scored a touchdown at the end. He is hot. He said, what are you doing? And he's going at Dennis Allen. <laughs> you can read his lips. And you he says that's bullshit, right? All right, it is what it is, bro. This this is my take on it. You can read. Hey, if you want to, you should have had that kind of vitriol when it came time to fucking play the game. If you want to not allow people to score, then go stop them, motherfucker. You weren't able to do it. <laughs> In context, looking at what happened, like I told you, I didn't watch shit from this NFL Sunday. 
they fake taking a knee to get Jamal Williams' his first touchdown. Now, that's some cold-blooded shit, but it is what it is. Uh, coach Arthur had a lot to say. That's the coach of the Falcons, but you know what he's saying now? Fuck it. As he's packing up his shit and getting it going, you know what I mean? He's been fired after a 48-17 to loss against a divisional rival. You go 7-10, you miss the playoffs. Fuck out of here. Who cares, right? See you later, Arthur. <laughs> uh, Jaguars-Titans, this one had a lot Riding on the playoff implications, I know that they needed a Jaguars loss, and the Steelers did at least, and they got what they needed. The nine and eight Jaguars team that's how they're going to end this season. After a six and eleven Titans team gets a victory, twenty eight to twenty at home. Seahawks Cardinals close game in the NFC West. The Seahawks on the road were able to get a twenty one to twenty victory over the Cardinals, who are now four and thirteen as the end of the season, while the Seahawks are nine and eight. Did what they had to do to get a winning uh, season. They re- they removed themselves from contention of being a 500 team. 9-8, and eight, got the victory as slim as it may be. You did what you had to do. Packers and the Bears. All right, we got to talk a little bit more about this game than I would like to. Uh, the Packers have been one of those teams where you just look at everything that's been going on. The Jordan Love era, has it been uh, without, you know, issue? Excuse me. Of course not. Has he done what he had to do with the atrocious wide receiver room with a a running, you know, game that should have been great, right? You think about it, uh, uh, A.J. Dillon. You think about, uh, I hope I got these motherfuckers' names right, Uh, Aaron Jones, right? You think about all the shit that should have went there. Both these guys have been so injury-riddled that, you know, you don't know what you're getting there. But he still found a way, Jordan Love and that Packers team, to get to nine and eight, commend, you know, uh, kudos to them. Clap it up. Now you're looking at the Bears now, man. Uh, Justin Fields, who has shown glimmers of greatness, man. He had a few stints where he came out and did his fucking thing. Now, did he look like shit more often than not? If we're looking at the season in the whole, perhaps. But at seven and ten, uh, losing nine seventeen to the Packers. Now he's, you know, all. Of, all but said his complete farewell to the to the Bears, saying, "You know, if this is my final rodeo with y'all, I appreciate y'all. You know, he's he's, he's giving his uh his farewell speech for for lack of better terms. People are rumoring him possibly coming to the Raiders. We shall see. Uh, do I think Ed O'Connell has done enough to own that job? I would be lying if I said yes. So you know, there will be opportunity for somebody else to come in and do what they have to do. Now it all depends on what you're going to give up to get." What you feel like you need to get, so that's that's uh, that's to be determined, man. Uh, Chiefs and Chargers. I don't know what this meant. Like I said, I wasn't paying too much mind. I think they got a favorable uh, playoff matchup, something that they would rather deal with. With this victory, thirteen to twelve, another uh, backup quarterback. I think it was Blaine Gabbert at the home with Patrick Mahomes sitting down. No Travis Kelsey. It didn't matter, right? They didn't do shit last week anyway. Uh, Sorry, fantasy football uh, championship PTSD. Um, Eleven and six record to win, and of course they win the N- the AFC West as they have uh, been doing for some time now. Five and twelve Chargers, the Raiders and Broncos tied for second, but I think the Raiders will take it in the head to head matchup. Um, so it ends like this: the Chiefs at one, the Raiders at two, the Broncos at three, the Chargers. Who cares? 
Eagles and Giants game. 11-6 Eagles go against the 6-11 Giants. And this is a result of a Giants victory, 27-10. A lot. I want to go click on this because I've seen some shit. And, I, and the Eagles, fuck you too. PTSD for my championship. Now, all of a sudden, you know what I mean? Let's talk about it. Uh, I believe, and don't quote me on this. I would hate to, you know. I think A.J. Brown went down. I think DeAndre Swift did not play. There was just a lot of shit, right, that went that went uh, left. They are sputtering into the playoffs. You talk about a team that should have won the NFC East. Now, backpedaling into the playoffs, it's just it's a fall from grace like I have not seen in some time. Can they bounce back? Of course. They still have an 11-6 record when you look at it. They were still a formidable, a formidable team, but they're just uh, – they're hurting in places you do not want to hurt when you come into the NFL playoffs. And now, due to what's going on and the Cowboys doing what they had to do, your road's gotten more difficult. The Rams and the 49ers, uh, the 49ers lose. They are now 12-5 and at the end of this season, while the Rams go to 10-7 and after a 21-20 victory for the Los Angeles Rams. This, of course, is without Brock Purdy. Pretty much had to sit his ass down because you didn't know what was going to happen Uh Stafford and them guys get a victory. 21-10, 10-7 now. I'm pretty sure they're in the playoffs. I'll get to the standings in a little bit. Cowboys, the aforementioned Cowboys. They end their season 12-5. and You know, captain of the NFC East now. After the 38-10 victory over the Commanders. Divisional rivalry game. The Commanders are 4-13. and Who the fuck cares? Uh, <laughs> I can't remember even, What was it Magic Johnson Bought this squad Somebody right Somebody was doing some shit Fix it uh, 12 and 5 Cowboys They're going to uh, You know Lead the NFC East They're going to get into the playoffs And they're going to shit the bed there So kudos to y'all Bills and Dolphins This one was for the NFC Or excuse me The AFC East The winner would propel themselves As uh, You know Owners of that AFC West uh, AFC East Division title and thrust themselves into a different you know uh, a different seat a different view for the playoffs and the Bills deal with that to do 21 to 14 let's talk about this Bills team who needed to go on a run and just how they have in the few, you know past years they they deal with that to do and they got it done man and now they propelled themselves into the playoffs in the more favorable matchup uh, shout outs to them I do want to look at this NFL Wild card weekend as it sits as of now. I wish I had the bracket in front of me, but I do not. Let's see. Oh, that, is a, that is a damn shame that they wouldn't just have a bracket. I found it. Here we go. The Cleveland Browns are going to be taking on the Houston Texans. 5-4 and four matchup. The Miami Dolphins fell to 6 in the, in the AFC now. Taking on uh, the Kansas City Chiefs who are at the 3 spot. The Steelers and Bills matchup in the 7-2 matchup. Now the Bills have secured that win. They also secured that spot. All these teams have to eventually, you know, see what, what has uh, in store, what's in store for them next going forward. Now the Cleveland Browns and Texans, they're going to have to go face a, um, you know, familiar face if you're a Browns, right? You're going to end up running into the Baltimore Ravens or for, you know, actually the lowest seed. Whoever is the lowest seed going forward will end up facing the Ravens who are sitting down waiting with the bye. The Dolphins and Chiefs, the uh, Steelers and Bills, 
Those two teams, I, I believe, are going to have to, you know, battle it out. Whoever advances from there, the highest seed will host, the lowest seed will not. We shall see what, what pans out from there. Uh, this is strictly just the AFC. The NFC shakes out a lot differently. I wish that I could find that. Just, at the, just you know, right there, uh, quick and at my disposal. But for some reason, you know, unless they're the ones who share it, they don't really want you seeing it. I'm going to go to NFL.com and see what the fuck I can find. Here we go. Final playoff picture. On the NFC side of things, the, the, the excuse me, the, 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 the Packers are going to face the Cowboys. That's the old, you know, uh, revisionist history. We'll tell you that that's something we've seen early and often. Packers, Cowboys match up in the first round. Uh, the first seed, San Francisco 49ers have earned themselves a buy similar to what the Ravens did. They await the lowest seed out of the Eagles and how the fuck did the Bucks get in there? But the Eagles and the Bucks are in the playoffs. The other uh, matchup that we did not mention, the Rams and the Lions. Somehow the Lions are, you know, one of them seats where they got to sit there and look. Um, I, I thought that these guys did enough to get themselves, you know, a lot higher in, in the playoffs going in. But it is what it is, man. That's what it is. On the AFC side of things, you got the Steelers. How they got in there is, is fucking, <laughs> it's crazy. Steelers, Bills, two teams that, you know, whatever. I'm going to go down the list. Steelers, Bills, Dolphins, Chiefs, Browns, Texans, and Ravens. That's the AFC side of things. On the NFC side of things, you got the Packers, Cowboys, Rams, Lions, Eagles, Bucks, and 49ers. Whew. NFL, a lot to be said, man. A lot, a lot to uh, to see going forward. Now, let's look at the schedule real quick and see uh, if they're going to talk about how shit should shake out as far as the next slate of games. Let's see the schedule. Uh, wild card weekend is as follows. Kicking shit off on Saturday at 1.30 p.m. You will see that Cleveland Browns versus, excuse me, at Houston Texans game. C.J. Stroud rooting for you, but that uh, Cleveland defense is rough. If I had to pick a game, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Houston just because they're at home. I'll leave it at that. The Miami Dolphins have to travel now to Kansas City. The only game that you're going to see a fucking uh, a home, you know, team. I guess, you know, like, like this is it, in the playoffs, this is the only time they're going to have an opportunity to have a home game. The Dolphins, Chiefs, ah, that could go either way. Arrowhead plays a factor, but do I think that they are in the same breath as the Miami team? No. Do I know that both teams are beat up right now? Yes. I still go Dolphins. Sunday action goes as follows. 10 a.m. kickoff, Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Pittsburgh does not deserve to be in the playoffs. I'm sorry, Buffalo does but, you know, they both kind of, you know, had to work their way in. Who's more gas and who, you know, has more left in the reserves? I would have to go with the Buffalo Bills to win this at home. One thirty kickoff. Green Bay at Dallas. Dallas should win this game. Do I see a world where they could lose it and make all, you know, ESPN first uh, take block A uh, right itself for Stephen A? I do see it in a spot where they could do that. I do not think they lose here, though. I think Dallas takes care of business. At one thirty, at home, five o'clock. Uh, important to note. Uh, I'll, I'll get to that later. 
Five o'clock, the Rams and Lions game. I don't know why they made this primetime. Some people are going to tune out when it gets to there. But, you know, these are two high-powered offenses. I don't know what the defense do, but who who gives a shit, right? I got the Lions taking care of business at home and getting the victory over the Rams. That's how I see it. Philadelphia at Tampa Bay. Ah, I'm going to go Tampa, man. Uh, you know, no, excuse me. I'm dumb. I'm going to go <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles should be able to take care of business here and here only. Now, you're hurt. You're fucked up. Everything's looking bad. I think you could take care of a Bucks team. Going forward, you're in fucking trouble. But you should be able to get a road victory. And the fact that you guys have to win on the road to a Tampa Bay team at that is fucking disgusting. But you, you built yourself there, man. So ESPN, 5 p.m. kickoff. This is a Monday night game, January 15th. I got the Bucks losing. Excuse me. Eagles victory. I'm going to leave that shit at that. All right. That's how that shit pans out. That's sports. Is there more shit that could be getting to, uh, perhaps? But I'm going to leave that shit at that, man. I don't really got too much to say. This has been a while. <laughs> 224. Uh, let get that shit off, man. How do I start this joint? Let me go back to where I was. Um, and Hall and Nash, right? I think that's what I did. Let's go back to that Hall and Nash. That's a great album, by the way. I do want people to, uh, go check that out. There's Hall and Nash too. Should have been highlighted more than it was. But, um, it just is what it is, man. West Side Gun. Uh, Conway the Machine Alchemist They did the thing Hollow Nash 2 album is out right now Please go check that out This is Fork in the Pot Hey yo Hey yo Hey yo Penthouse Two stoves Don't shot me to see well Walk up in your hood like fuck yo they ain't see my little nigga ducked off, fork in the coke pot, tryna make a billion. Little homie in the cop, man. Got it on it. Fork in the coke pot, tryna make a billion. Uh, look, Lil G wants fast, ready to lift a nigga off his feet for a bag. He need that dub, nigga, he doing bad. So I bet he do you bad. I creep through heaps in the dash. I keep two stash. Fuck the police too. I will speed through the ass. Take him on a high speed chase. I'ma breeze through and laugh. Cause the pigs hit a tree when they crash. I'm weak through the sand. Just catch a body, then they reuse the mag. Rap niggas hate me. RB niggas mad. Uh, I'm in that 50 cent G unit bag. Bulls put the work in free if I ask Make a G call, had three niggas stabbed oh, me Fuck the old legality of shit. They need to know that it was me if they asked. I'm talking white sheet in the bag. Take them to the mall, niggas feet get attacked. He going crazy. Cause the bitch, we get the cash. VIP ten bitches got cleek in the glass. Come on. Two cubes both weigh a key and a half. Uh, I still know how to get a key from a half. To come to my hood, boy, you need you a pass. Or else niggas finna take everything you have like running. Niggas try me. I can't cut this. This shit ain't nothing new to me, nigga. I done it. I'm the man in my city. Little nigga, I run it. I ain't the best yet. Where the beef at? Pussy nah, nigga, I want it. Niggas get shit bag shot. Nah, 
Turn that back. Everything you have, like running. Niggas try me, I'm gunning. This shit ain't nothing new to me, nigga. I done it. I'm the man in my city, little nigga. I run it. I ain't the best yet. Tell who is, I'm coming. With a beat back, what's nigga? I want it. Bag shot hitting that stomach. Wow, main whole pockets full of blue honey. Grimey is an all time machine, bitch. I'm drumming, motherfucker. Uh, I'm drumming, motherfucker. Two stoves. Don't shot me well. 224s well, in the books I'ma holler at y'all Patreon real soon Trust me, I'm getting fucking grimy over there Till next time Find what makes you happy and return the favor I'ma holler at y'all later With a dope bat, I sold it all Diamond chain full of armor off Drama clearing down the Audubon Nigga, bitch, girl, wanna tag along don't say this and go to Babylon Summertime in Cali, serve an avalanche I'm a well to a fish, nigga Serve quail to a brick, uh Your aunties and uncles, they know me, nigga Snaking them patties, a buns full of cavy Guns in the attic, feels got me